what's your story? This is Success Stories with Kendra Hall, where inspirational people come to tell their story so that you can write your own. Here's Kendra. This is a very special time of year, not just time of year, but time of every four years, or in this case, every five, the Olympics. And I thought, what better than to bring a former Olympian onto the show? And I cannot wait for you to hear this conversation. Today's guest is a truly versatile athlete and businesswoman, Carly Patterson, an Olympic gold medalist in gymnastics, a singer and a songwriter, an author and a motivational speaker. At just 16 years old, Carly became the first woman in 20 years to win the all-around Olympic gold medal. But she didn't stop there. A few years later, she published her autobiography, Be Strong, which we'll talk about, followed by her debut musical album, Back to the Beginning, which we also talk about. Today, Carly continues to inspire audiences as a motivational speaker, discussing risk-taking and her own unique perspective on success and fulfillment. Carly, welcome to success. I am so excited to hear your stories. Thank you for having me, Kendra. This, I feel like this was coming like at some point. I'm glad you just made it happen. I, I mean, uh, we to truly we were t- connect. <laughs> I know we we were talking before we started recording that you know where we we both speak. It's a it's a small community, so we've been friends yeah. on social media for a while. And yeah. I just thought, what perfect timing to have you on <laughs> and share your story right now as we're experiencing the Olympics. So I'm just really excited. Absolutely, well, I'm glad you did. Well, and I know you have your own. Um, as I was as I was reading. <laughs> Your introduction, I was like, the thing they're leaving out is the whole Olympics that you have going on at home with three very small children. (laughs) So that's an accomplishment in and of itself. We'll be, I'm sure we'll be talking about that. Absolutely. I'll tell you all about that. But um, yeah, you reading that intro, that always makes me laugh. Like with the, you know, because people like to put it out like the recording art, singer, songwriter, and like it's just several of those things. And there seem like a lifetime ago, you know, and it's like... Yeah, I I did do that. I kind of forget. Uh, yes. I passed life and now uh, I laugh about it. But <laughs> Well, and even as I was looking at this and it, it said in, in 2000, what was that? A few years later. So it would have been in 2006, you wrote your yeah. autobiography. You were like 18. Okay. So that is um, not truly an autobiography, I would say. It's more of for a kid's book. So they could do um, like their first little papers and autobiography papers on. Um, so it's lots of pictures and very like kid, kid friendly, kid driven, (laughs) kid driven autobiography. That's a good, that is a good clarification. I was like, wow. I I mean, you did live like several lifetimes by the age of 18. I'm like, she's going to have to write volume two. And yeah, Yeah. (laughs) exactly. Well, it's crazy to think because I, I think this August, it's going to be 17 years since I won, which is insane. Um, and so to think that I've been out of gymnastics longer than I was in it, um, you know, so it's like I've lived a whole another life, it seems like, from my gymnastics life. And I would at some point um, someday love to write like a real um, adult's autobiography um, on my life. And I'm glad I didn't write anything back then because I didn't know anything. (laughs) I mean, I did, you know, in a way I knew all of my training and the things that, you know, I, I take with me to use today, but at the same time, I didn't have so many life experiences and the knowledge that I have now. So, um, you know, I'd love to write a book someday, um, in the future, but yeah. Uh, I, that was actually, that was something I, uh, I've been fascinated by when I think about you and achieving, so, I mean, we might as well just jump right into it, but achieving (laughs) that kind of a level of success, like that is across the, the whole world, like to not only be an Olympic athlete, but to win the gold medal and to set the kind of records that you did at 16 years old. Like, do you ever look back on that? And like, what I would, I would imagine looking back and thinking of that as like a, 
little girl, like a completely different person almost in a way. Yeah. So, so what was, what, what was that? What was that like at 16? And then, and now where you are looking back, what kind of perspective do you see on that kind of level of success? So, so young. Yeah. It's crazy to think that I was just barely 16 when that happened um, and winning. And I mean, I didn't really have, uh, I didn't see anybody like win the all around gold like that and really just have that kind of success um, while I was in gymnastics. And so I guess, you know, obviously that was my main goal and and something that I wanted to happen in my dream. But at the same time, um, you know, you kind of always think about the chances of something like that happening too. Mm. And you're like, I mean, I'd love for it to happen and I'm here, but you have to have the best routines on the best night when it matters and counts most. And you have to be mentally there, physically there, like all the stars and all of the things have to just align, um, for that to truly work out and, you know, be your fate. And I am just so thankful and grateful that it was and that it did happen. Um, and I think, uh, that youth was definitely on my side as well. I was, I was a pretty fierce competitor, I'd say, just like very, I could be very focused. I could really zone in and the bigger, the bigger the event, the more people in the crowd, the more pressure, the better I did. So I could handle those things really well and, and do my best under them. Whereas, um, sometimes that can be a deal breaker for a lot of athletes or, you know, people that are under pressure. Sometimes people don't always work well under pressure, right? So that luckily was a strong suit of mine. And um, I think youth played a part in it as well. Cause it's like, I knew I was at the Olympics, but at the same time I was like, la di da, like <laughs> I'm just here doing what I love and hopefully I get a gold medal and get to go home. And the other thing that was pretty crazy is just like, I thought like I had no clue what life held after the Olympics and after winning a gold medal at the Olympics. I mean, I just thought I was going to go home, go back to my house, my little cozy bed, um, and just like go back to training the next week. Like I had no clue just the media circus and like all the crazy things and opportunities that I would be doing and, and going here, there, yonder, like nonstop after it. So it was, it was all super exciting and icing on the cake, but I mean, I didn't think that anybody else was going to care like what I did. It was kind of like my dreams and, you know, my goals. And yes, I was doing it for our country and, um, you know, and, and all the things, but like, it was crazy to go home and to like have a police escort, like a presidential police escort, like escort you home. You're running all the red lights. Like people are calling every single day, wanting you to come do this and do that and be a part of this. And, you know, it was just, it was insane for a few years after that. Um, and then, so, you know, like I said, just all so unexpected. And once again, I was so young. So my mom is traveling with me constantly to like help me do all of these things. Yeah. I'm not an adult yet, you know? Um, I'm still in high school. I still have two years of high school left to finish, all of that. Um, and so now I look back at it and I appreciate everything so much more. I mean, I appreciate the days in the gym, like the good days, the hard days. And I think, now with that perspective of like, you know, probably back when I didn't appreciate the hard days, like I wanted everything to always be on and 100% and in a good day and always leave the gym feeling like, all right, I, I did great, you know, but it's like, now you can look back and appreciate all of those difficult times and, and the hard days that weren't fun when you were in them, but you appreciate what they did for you and like, and how it helped and what it taught you and how it grew you and So I can appreciate that accomplishment um, so much more now as I get older. And it's not something that I think about, like, it's rare, rare that, you know, that comes across my mind. It's just, you know, and with the season of life that I'm in now with all the crazy kids, um, (laughs) it's just even more so like something I never think about. So when I do get to talk about it or I do... Um, you know, it's an Olympic year comes around. I'm obviously talking about it a lot more than I normally do. And so I was like, man, I, I did do that. Like, wow, (laughs) I don't know how, (laughs) but that was pretty awesome. Gosh. (laughs) And especially like I think about, I love hearing you share this because, you know, you said like, you're surprised that everybody else cared about this dream and goal that you had. And, and like those are very, genuine. It speaks a lot to 
your character, and I don't know if this is unique to you or maybe because of your age or maybe because your Olympics happened long before the age of social media and self-promotion yeah. and all of that, <laughs> that, your, yeah. that your, your goal really just was your goal and for the country, yeah. you know, but that that's like, true. What a beautiful, like, I wonder what it would be like for people if we didn't think about the presidential police escort. And we didn't think about what would happen after we achieve this goal and what this goal will mean if we- The money or the endorsements or the fame or whatever, all the opportunities that might come along. Yeah, that's a really good point, Kendra. Like, just be like Olympic Carly. Just (laughs) like- Do it for the love of the sport and the love and inspiration of that goal that you have, right? Versus all the other- possible things that could come out of it. And yeah, yeah, maybe that's why I truly appreciate it so much because that was just, that was always the goal. And it just seems like, like, that's what it should be. Like, be like Carly when you're feeling like you're getting all with, well, with like with anything. And I just heard a podcast with, um, who was talking Liz Gilbert and Brene Brown. And I posted this quote on my Instagram and, uh, Brene Brown said something like, I don't take the leap of faith thinking about the landing necessarily. And then I actually thought of you because you're yeah. always thinking about the landing, but like the experience of like soaring through the air. So even for me and what, what you were saying there, like I'm going through my, my book is written. It's going to be, and it's really easy. I think it's easy for anybody who sets one of those big goals to, yeah, like, well, is it going to be successful? What's going to happen afterwards? What's going to happen, you know, to just focus right. on the goal itself. Um, and I can't imagine just ha- like having all of that social media pressure that all the athletes are, I mean, any of us have today, right? When we're trying to do something in a goal and, and you are trying to promote it and get it out there. And there's all these different ways that you can do that now. Whereas there wasn't before. I mean, I literally to, to Athens, Greece, I brought my little Nokia phone that I think all I could do was play snake on. <laughs> I mean, there was nothing, there's nothing to distract me like that. Right. Or to put the extra pressure. And I mean, you already have the pressure of yourself, right. right. And your, and your team, uh, and your country. And those are big enough in itself, much less constantly being fed all of the social platform stuff and the, from the fans and the media and constantly being able to see what people are saying about you. Mm-hmm. I, I can't imagine the extra pressure that the girls, athletes, you know, everybody faces today with, with that kind of stuff. And I'm honestly glad that I did not have that and didn't have to deal with it. <laughs> right. Like, and, and you're also, even though it makes me feel ancient, but it's okay. <laughs> and these, well, like my, my husband and I started dating. We had like our first date, like the week like two days after the iPhone was released where like text messaging where you could see the like three dots. And, and I'm like, thank God, because I don't know, I would have spent my entire life staring at that text chain, waiting for dot, dot, dot from Michael Hall to be like, is he writing me back? Is he text like all of that? Uh, So, so this is another one of those extension lessons is when you are achieving, like working towards a goal, you said the word distraction there and, 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 and I'm sure your training taught you how to tune out a lot of different things, but as you said, we have a lot more to tune out now. Yeah. And so, so to remember that, to remember like, Hey, okay, can I just put my, do I need to just put my social media down, just straight up, right. take a break so that I can focus on what I need to do kind of yeah. try to recreate that environment that you've created. Absolutely. Or a that story you, that I that I have, um, that I love a lot. Um, and I use in my talk is that when I was 16 years old, you know, I'm like, we all remember that time in our lives where, you know, we're about to get our driver's license, about to probably get our first car, have a little bit of freedom, a little bit of independence, kind of test driving all of that stuff, right. For the first time going and blown with your friends. And it was like, well, that was me at 16 too, but we were less than, or we were about six months away from the Olympics at that point as well. And so my coach of Ganey had to kind of like sit us down and have a come to Jesus meeting because, you know, I was ready to like experience this newfound freedom, but at the same time I needed, that's when I needed to be most committed uh, mm. to the gym and my training and what I was doing and my goals, because I was at the end, like we were at the finish line of this race. Right. And I just needed to run a little bit longer. And so he was like, Carly, 
what, what's the goals and the priorities here? Is it, uh, you know, going to the mall extra, spending extra time with your, with your friends, um, staying out later, not being fully present Mm. and committed in the gym? Or do you want to maybe put on your blinders, drown out all the distractions and work harder than you've ever had to work, um, in your life for the Mm -hmm. next six months? So that way you don't have to look back and wonder what could have happened and, and regret, you know, those silly decisions that you would make when you were younger versus like really just focusing in on that goal. And so I kind of always remember that and, and, and love that, that story because it just reminds you that sometimes, you know, there are those people in our lives that have to kind of sit us down and have those, have those serious conversations to help us refocus and remember what our goals and priorities are. And, and thank goodness for those people as well, because if I didn't have him there to remind me, I could have easily gotten lost and caught up in all of those distractions and ruined, um, you know, my, everything that I'd worked for. Right. Mm -hmm. And just my life could have gone down a very different path than, where I am now. And all of that work would have been not for nothing, but I would have fell short when I was this close. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, you mentioned earlier that you don't think about Olympic Carly all the time because, and maybe part of that is because you did double down and you don't have to think about, I mean, and it's part of the human brain programming, right? We don't think about the good stuff as much as we think about the bad stuff. So, but if you hadn't doubled down, if you hadn't stayed focused and you had missed those goals, maybe you would be thinking about Olympic Carly, but not in the kind of way, like what a beautiful thing that you can just think back every once in a while with like, wow, instead of think back on a regular basis with, (laughs) man, I wish I would have made a different choice. Exactly. Was it hard to set those things aside? Did you kind of like rebel against it or were you like, all right, I get it. I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna focus. Um, I think it was, it was a little bit hard and just the fact that I felt like I was missing out on things that my friends were doing. But at the same time, I also understood where if Ganey was coming from and, uh, you know, like I said, sometimes those people have to sit us down and help us remember mm-hmm. um, and refocus. And I think that's that's what it did for me. And I was like, okay, I'm going to have the rest of my life to do all of these things. Um, you know, but six, is is that worth you know six more months of you know not being focused and you know not like you said because I wouldn't want to be sitting here right now wondering like, wow, I can't believe that I didn't take Afghani's advice that I didn't just buckle down for six more months. And then for the rest of my life, have to wonder, you know, what could have happened. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And then just think I, you know, spent all those hours and years and got this close and then just gave it all up for um, extra time with friends and extra time at the mall and, you know, slumber parties and staying up late. It's like, no, that that was not what was important. (laughs) Right. Right. And it can seem, yeah, it can seem like, oh, I don't like missing out is some sort of injustice. But I think, I think ultimately what I hear you saying, and and I think it's so important is that, you know, when you look back on things, because maybe, maybe, maybe you would have fallen and you wouldn't have gotten the gold or maybe the, you know, it wouldn't have ended with this super incredible happy ending, but you would have known at least that you did what you came to do. And, and you, you wouldn't, that would be the hard thing is if you were still questioning that. Exactly. If I didn't just give it all up, but if I gave it, if I, you know, worked my butt off for the next six months and then it still didn't work out for me in Athens. Well, I didn't have to wonder that I didn't do what I needed to do beforehand. Right. Um, and that's what I'm talking about. Those, those times where we don't always appreciate them when we're in them, the, the difficult times, but you look back and you're like, Oh my gosh, six months was nothing. You're like, right. I would have been an idiot to <laughs> to not be able to be tough and stick it out for six more months, right? Yeah. Um, but when you're in those moments and you kind of can't see the the end or you know, you can't see the light at the end of the tunnel, like right now, uh, I don't see the light at the end of the tunnel of like poopy diapers and waking up however many times in the middle of the night and how exhausted I am every single minute of every day with my, with my kids and having three in three and a half years. But I know at the same time, and I have to remind myself that this is not going to last. This is not Mm going to be forever. And 
I mean, really, Kendra, I have to tell myself this every day because <laughs> I I, I, we struggled to have kids. And this is going off a totally different tangent now, but we no, struggled. <laughs> we struggled to have kids. Like I cried, I I prayed, I went through miscarriage and fertility, all of these things to um, now have these three beautiful babies. And so, but once again, when you're in the weeds of things, when when you're so tired and you kind of can't see like the next good part good thing that's coming and waiting for you on the other side of it. It's really, really hard to always keep a positive attitude or a grateful attitude. And that's something that I really have to remind myself of and to do every single day. Like I am grateful. Like these are, these are not real problems. (laughs) You know, I will sleep again. Um, but you know what, it'll be when my kids don't want me to tuck them in or Mm -hmm. when they don't need me as much and we will have quiet dinners. We will be able to go on trips together and make awesome family memories and not have total meltdowns because I picked out the wrong color socks or something. You know, it's like, (laughs) it's, it's all a phase and a stage and you have to go through the weeds and the bad times to kind of have those breakthroughs. One of my friends, um, I love his quote, but one of my friends and actually fellow speakers, um, Justin Forsett, he played he played in the NFL. I can't remember the team and I don't want to say the wrong team, but yeah, he always <laughs> yeah, says every, <laughs> everybody wants uh, the breakthrough, but they don't want to get broken. Mm. And so I just, I love that because, you know, there are just those times in life, but the, but being broken and, and kind of like broken down in, in those times where you're having to grow and do the hard things to, to, to get to the other side or to, you know, get through the bad time. Um, you, you have to have those. And that's what makes the next part of it all uh, that much sweeter. That's what um, makes us a stronger person and makes us grow. And once again, looking back on our infertility journey, um, I wouldn't change a single minute of any of it because it grew, it grew me as a person so much. It grew my faith. It grew uh, my marriage. It grew just relationships. It, and it and it grew me and I'm a stronger person because of all of those things. Um, now, was it fun and did I want to be going through it uh, right. while I was doing it? Absolutely not. I Every month that I got a negative pregnancy test, I was crying and pissed off and, mm-hmm. you know, everything, all the emotions, all the feelings and and all the why me's. Yeah. Um, and then it's funny how you get through those things. You learn so much, you grow so much, you and you see the, the physical growth that happens from it that now I wouldn't change any of it. Yeah. And now you have, you have your, you have your own gym in your house (laughs) all day, all day, every day. (laughs) My own Olympic circus at all times. Yeah. Except (laughs) except without the audience cheering you on. It's just, which actually I wanted to, I wanted to ask you about that. This is a little bit off to the side, but, um, I mean, as of right now, and I didn't check the news this morning, but it sounds like, right, there aren't going to be spectators at this Olympics. Right. Um, and I just said, like, you're, you're doing the hard work without the cheers of the, of the crowd. Have you, like, what do you, as, a, as an Olympian, as somebody who got to experience it in, like, I hesitate to say this because what is anything, how is anything meant to be experienced? But I would say like how it's meant to be experienced. What do you, what do you think for, and I guess, and I guess the bigger message is, you know, when you do work for a goal and we've, we've kind of all been through, we've kind of all been through it this past 18 months where Mm -hmm. I don't think there's anyone who, you know, of course, aside from, from the loss of loved ones, but the, the loss of, of, you know, maybe it was high school graduation or prom, or maybe it was, you know, big events or trips or milestones that didn't get to be celebrated in the way that it feels like they should be celebrated. Mm -hmm. Uh, What do you, what do you think? What do you think for those Olympians? Have you thought about that at all? Yeah. Well, cause like I said, for me, gosh, the bigger the crowd, the better. I loved feeding off of that energy. So I know it's definitely going to be a different experience and a different Olympics and a different feel for sure without that. Um, Because, you know, you look around in the audience and I remember after um, my floor routine, it was the last event. I was just waiting for the score to come up to know that like, okay, for sure we did it. I won. Um, And it was like, 
once my name popped up and you saw the score, it was like Carly Patterson, USA, number one, you look around and I mean, all of these, all of these people in the audience are waving American flags and chanting USA and your name. And it's just like one of the most incredible and surreal moments of your life. And they're not going to have that, you Mm -hmm. know? Um, but at the same time, I think, I think they would all say this, but I think it's way more worth it to actually have the Olympics without spectators versus not having them at all and being canceled because those right there are just dreams being shattered because it's not like, um, the world series or the, uh, the super bowl where you get this chance every single year. Um, it's every four years. And that's what makes the Olympics so special and and an incredible journey of, of strength and test because you have to stay strong for a long time before you get your chance. And sometimes people, you know, peak before, uh, the Olympics a few years before or a few years after, or get injured at the, the just worst timing. Um, and these, these are just things that you can't control always. Um, so I know that although it's going to be a different experience and they're not going to have that crowd to feed off of, at the same time, I think they're just going to be able to rely on the fact that they're so happy to be there and be competing and have made an Olympic team and um, just be at the Olympic Games and knowing that. I mean, that's at least that's what I would focus on if that yeah. were me. Um, so, yeah, it'll be different, but at least it's happening and hopefully it'll like help bring the world together. I mean, yeah, we yeah. could use that. <laughs> I feel like, yeah, I feel like if nothing else, like we need that. And, and maybe also I would imagine for the athletes and just hearing, you know, what you were talking about earlier about what a great, you know, it was, it was a goal for you. Uh, maybe it'll help quiet some of the comparisons, some of that, you know, cause it really does. It's it'll be quiet. It'll be an inward experience, which. Yeah. Yeah. For Um, sure. Actually, speaking of, I was, you know, getting ready for this and there was one um, moment and I remember it. I remember it vaguely. Like I remember where I was when I was watching uh, you at the Olympics, which is so (laughs) funny because that seems like a lifetime ago. I was moving it, right? And I'm like, if that's a lifetime ago for me, it was definitely a lifetime ago for you. But yeah, from what I remember, um, you know, there are four events and you did your first event, which was, was that the vault? Vault, yep. And your score was lower than it usually yeah. is. Yes. Um, which is not good to have like that be your first thing. Right. So. Right. So I, I'm, I'm thinking about this as, you know, anyone who's trying to achieve something and the first feedback comes back and you're like, oh no, I'm like behind where I thought I would be to achieve this already impossible goal. Do you remember that moment? Do you remember what was happening? Because of course we know how the story ends. What was going on in your mind to stay strong in that moment? Yeah, that I remember that moment uh, very just vividly. Um, You know, it's so long ago, but at the same time, the memories and like the the feelings of those moments are still like right there and fresh still. But um, Yes. So we have these two white lines, uh, on the mat and we're supposed to, you know, fly into the sky and then like land in between them. And so if, if a toe is out, you will get deducted. And so I landed with, I think you get deducted, um, more if you have both feet out versus just the one. So pretty sure I had two feet, like just barely. And I like try to hop back in really fast. Like maybe they won't see that. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Um, So that did not work out. And then, yeah, I, I did not get the score that I was getting there and and doing the, I didn't do the vault that I had been doing. Um, and I, I knew that the girls I was up against, especially the girl that got second to me that Mm -hmm. night, um, she was a, strong competitor. Like I was going to have to, I was going to need every 10th that I could, um, to win and to make that, you know, Olympic medal happen. So I was really, really mad after ball. Like I had to have a moment (laughs) of just like being so pissed off at myself, (laughs) like so mad at the score because I was like, Oh my gosh, this is, that's exactly what I was saying. I'm like, this is not good. 
Mm-hmm. Like this is not good to start the night off that way when you're hoping for a gold medal night. Yeah. And um, something that my coach always uh, taught us was to never take a fall or a mistake or a bad routine or a bad competition into the next event or into the mm. next competition to always think of that next thing as a fresh start, no matter what. But that's a lot easier said than done. I, that's what I was just about to say. Like, okay, awesome. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks <laughs> yeah. for the great advice. But now what do wow. I do with this? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. So, you know, it was one of those things where he kind of had to have a little pep talk with me. We're like, all right, we truly have to put vault behind us. And I knew that from that point on, I was going to have to be perfect on bars, beam, and floor if I wanted a chance at the gold medal that night. So I knew like, boom, once again, pressure was already on, but then it was really on. Yeah. Um, But something that also put, like was able to visually like put into practice that like don't take a bad routine or fall or whatever to the next thing was um, a couple nights prior, the men's team had their all around um, competition and Paul, who won the gold that night, he fell um, on his route. I think it was fault. I remember that. I remember that. And then didn't everyone else start falling too? Uh, Or is that just what I hoped had happened? I see now, you know, I'm kind of I don't remember the, (laughs) I don't remember the other people, but I do remember that he fell and it was one, and it was, it was at the very beginning. I think it was on vault and very beginning of the competition. And then he does great on all the rest of them. And it's like, and and then he comes out the winner, wins gold Mm -hmm. with a Mm -hmm. fall. And so it was like, okay, it's truly not over until the last landing, until the last routine, like, don't give up hope, you know? And so that was kind of like really helpful to have seen that the couple of nights prior and been like, okay, this can still happen. Um, I have to be perfect, but it can still happen. And um, I am not gonna, not gonna give up this easy. And so luckily I was pretty perfect on all the rest of three of, <laughs> of yeah. the events and I did what needed to be done. <laughs> well, what a, what a great, so of course, you know, like my, I, all, like I'm always thinking in stories, like that's yeah. a big, so like you use that so well to take another, to take someone else's story, to take another story and use that to help redirect like, okay, he did yeah. that. So, right. so why, why can't, can't I? I, why can't I do that? And like, what a exactly. great gift that, that you had, did you ever call and thank him for falling <laughs> and then winning gold? <laughs> you should probably, now would be the time if you haven't been like, you know, if you hadn't done that and then won, I don't know that I would have. Yeah. yeah. No, I should. You're right. Um, because I know, like you said, you're like, okay, yeah, that's great advice, but I mean, what do I do with that? And then to, yeah, to have seen, to truly see it, you know, be put into practice and, and it worked and to have that inspire and, and be of use to you to, to pull out your very best when it needed to happen, um, is, I mean, couldn't yeah. get much better. Yeah. So now for some people, you know, we're seeing some Olympians now that are in there, even gymnasts that are in a second, do we have any third time Olympians on the gymnastics team? Or is it I second? I think second for this one. Yeah. So now for the you. the U- U.S. team, I mean. there's On the U.S. team. Yeah. There's other ones that can just do gymnastics yeah. forever, but I don't, I don't understand. I mean, I you, know read, you know, I can't even, <laughs> I can't even do a backbend. So we're just, we're just, you know, I can't imagine any of it. But, well, I did something the other day. I was like trying to mimic my daughter, show my husband something funny that she did. And I was like, oh, I think I just threw out my neck. <laughs> <laughs> we just start cracking up, but I'm like, does he ever? Does he ever make fun it. of you? Then if you, he's like, come on, you're Carly Patterson. What is going on here? And then you're yeah. like, no, I'm Carly Cal- Caldwell now. So there yeah. you go. Yeah, yeah, I changed. No, it's different. No more Carly Patterson. <laughs> yeah. So you. So this was. You were 16 years old. This was the 2004 Olympics. The next Olympics is in four years. Were you thinking that was the plan to compete in that Olympics to have another round of Olymp- uh, Olympics under your belt? And what happened? Yeah. You know, I don't know what I was thinking. I mean, I, I know before getting home, I just. I figured that, yeah, we'd go back into the gym and life would just 
honestly be the exact same. Um, and then I guess I would have to regroup and think about what those next goals were going to be because after winning, um, the Olympics, it was like, well, what, what would I be training for at this point? Um, I was a visa cup champion, national champion, world champion, Olympic champion. So all of these things that I were, was able to accomplish. And so it definitely would have taken some searching for like, what am I going to be training for? What's my motivation going to be here? Um, and like I said, when we got back home and everything was so different and I was not in the gym, um, because I was going all over the country, um, for all these opportunities and stuff. And so it was like for the first time in my life, I wasn't in the gym 24 seven and just training and that being my one and only focus. Um, so it was really weird and, um, obviously was getting out of like any kind of being able to compete shape. Um, Mm. we had a, we had a three month tour after. So it was like, I was doing gymnastics up until still up until that was kind of over and had wrapped. But after that, I just wasn't in the gym enough to keep my, my skills up and, and everything else. And at the Olympics and while training for the Olympics, um, leading up, I was having a lot of back issues and, um, I was taking a lot of a leave uh, to, to help with that and a lot of massages and, you know, just anything that could kind of help just get me through. But mm-hmm. ultimately I ended up retiring at 18. Um, and the Olympics was my last competition, but my doctor, I was like, you have bulging discs and discs that are about like about to herniate in your back. So he was like, I mean, honestly, like if you're good with retiring, like that's what I would recommend. So you can, you know, still have a good quality of life, um, later on because I was 16, 16, 18. Um, so yeah, ultimately that became the, the one, the, the real reason that I ended up retiring. But at the same time, um, yeah, I, like I said, I don't know what I would have continued training for. I I don't know where that motivation would have come from. And there was so many other things that I wanted to start doing at that point. Um, you know, and that's where, when the singing took, took off. <laughs> oh my gosh. In the book and the autobiography. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so many things. So there's life after gymnastics. Um, well, yeah. I do wonder about that though. And of course you were, you were so young, but I, I, you know, I think everybody on different levels, um, is at some point faced with their identity, you know, like my, my dad just turned 70 and can't work in the yard the way that he used to. And it's interesting to hear him Mm -hmm. talk about that. And, you know, like we, we have, maybe we lose a job. Maybe we can't do the job the same way that we used to, or, or yeah, maybe we achieve a goal and then it doesn't really make like like to set another goal, it doesn't feel very natural. Like what do you, and, and of course you've done many things. You're, you're, you're a singer songwriter. You're an author. <laughs> you're, um, well, and, and you still are, you do keynote speaking, which I want to make sure that we, we talk about, but I think people struggle with identity on many different levels, but I can't imagine, um, having reaching that epitome at such a young age, what, having gone through all of that, like, what are your thoughts? How have you, um, gone with the flow of a changing identity in such extreme ways? Yeah. Yeah, Well, because you're right. Like I said, I was, I knew nothing but training in the gym 24 seven. That was my identity for so long. And so it was such a shock to the system when I was not in the gym all the time. It's, um, I was always being told what to do, right? How many routines, um, what conditioning we're doing, what, you know, this assignment is what we're doing today. Like it was just probably down to always what you eat. Like when you wake up, like I would imagine all of that was monitored. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, every little detail was kind of just there for me, but you know, by other people. (laughs) Um, and so to kind of like start thinking for yourself and having to make decisions on your own and like not needing input really, uh, was, was weird, um, and hard to get used to. And 
I definitely went through that like identity crisis of like, who am I going to be? Um, and it was, I was at such a young age, you know, yeah. it was like, uh, w- well, I've accomplished my biggest and, you know, most ultimate goal that I could ever imagine. And I'm only 16. Like what's next in life? I still had my entire <laughs> life in front of me. Like, what am I going to do next? And you know, I knew I still had to finish high school and um, <laughs> I, love- <laughs> I had two more years of high school to finish. And, um, and then I knew I wanted to get my college degree. So I started kind of onto that, but I'd always had this love for singing and music. And um, actually my dad, he's always been a singer. Like I watched him growing up sing worship in church and he's always been a singer, still in a band to this day. So's my and dad. Really? Yeah. They <laughs> should get them together. <laughs> a a t- jam session. Um, yeah. And so I was like, well, I never had the time to pursue anything else other than gymnastics. So it was like, this seems like the perfect time to try something new and to do this. But you know, funny thing is when you kind of you do something and you have, um, you know, a title or, or whatever attached to your name, it, it's hard for people to see you in a different way, in a different light. And they can kind of box you in and think, you know, this is all she's good at. Right. And mm-hmm. so it, that was tough making a move to the, to the singing industry because I, I was having a great time, but at the same time listening to a lot of just negative feedback at like people wanted to see me keep doing gymnastics or, or a uh, lot yeah. of people, I won't say all people, but, um, you know, so there were just like mean things, negative things, rude things said, um, that I was just kind of trying this new, new Avenue. Right. And I think for me, ultimately I, <laughs> I kind of let that put pressure on me. Like, okay, I want, I want to get a Grammy and a, you know, number one hit single even more now to prove these (laughs) mean people wrong. Um, you know, but, and so then I kind of let that be my driving force, which was not smart, um, either because I ultimately started to realize that singing wasn't what I wanted to do with my life. I loved it, but I didn't want to do it as a career. But, um, when I finally let go of that pressure that I was putting on myself of like, it need this career needed to live up to the gold medal yes. career too, right? Um, yes. And anything less of that was not going to be good enough, and I was going to be ashamed of it, and you know everything else. And so, um, like I said, I wanted to prove those other people wrong. And so, when I finally let go of that pressure from myself, that pressure that I was letting other people, what they said, um, put on me, it was like a weight lifted, and I mm. could breathe again. And I was like it's okay that this didn't work out. Like, I'm still glad that I tried it and I pursued it. Um, And I did get to do something fun. I have a whole CD that I helped write half of the songs on, you know? And so I'll have that forever. And that's okay that I wasn't a Grammy award-winning artist, you know? I still got a fun and great and new experience out of something um, that I was really scared to try and do, but I did it. and then what else? Um, I don't know. I lost my train of thought. No, I, 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 I think about what, like, what an incredible series of life lessons you, <laughs> yeah. right? Just like all before you were probably even 20 years old, right? Yeah. Like these well, so are... It, and- that's where it was going. Um, to to kind of keep reinventing yourself, like, and, and re rethinking of like, okay, where am I going to go with my life? Okay. So you didn't work out like what now, what now, what now? And so it was kind of always like, what's going to be next. And there was that period of like, you know, feeling kind of useless for a little while because, you know, the fame starts dying down the, you know, the, the opportunities start fading. You know, if you're not continually, you know, winning in the sport and doing something, um, and you know, at the top of it, like, you know, they're covering the next people and yeah. you know, your time is, your time fades. Right. Um, and was so that hard. Yeah, it was. Um, and that's where I think the whole, you know, new identity was coming into. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, you know, I felt like people didn't care anymore, like uh, about me. And so it was like, do I need to do something where people are going to care and wow. that I'm going to get praised for, or like, um, fame for. And so it was really like, kind of a weird transition in your mind that kind of had to happen of like, no, like not everything has to live up to this gold medal. Like, you know, it's, it's just, 
a, a mentality that I think was driven in for so long that that was what was so important. And then it kind of had to shift and say, you know what, there are all these other amazing, great things in life that you can go after that you can try. Um, it might work out, it might not work out, but you're going to gain the experience and the knowledge and, and the lessons from it. And it'll all be, and it'll all be great. And, and not everything has to be an Olympic gold moment. You know, <laughs> yeah, I, I just think it's such a beautiful like I'm listening to you talk and seeing those, you know, like, even though I've obviously never won an Olympic gold, but still feeling that pressure of like, well, if it if I'm not on the front of the Wheaties box of whatever it is that I'm doing, then what's what's even the point? Right. And what a great and I think a lot of people who are listening to this conversation right now, probably have a similar mentality, right? They're achievers. They're people that are like, I want the gold. I want the gold. I want the gold. And to hear from someone who had the gold and then learned what happened afterwards, it's it's an important lesson for people as they're on the path to gold or maybe on the path after gold. Is this what you... Is this what you now share when you are on the stage, whether of course it's in person or virtual as the case may be? Because I know now a lot of the work that you do, aside from the changing of diapers and trying (laughs) to get various humans to sleep at various times, um, which is all, which is, which is some of the hardest work I will say, having been through it myself, like, is this what you, is this part of the message that you share with audiences? Yeah, 100%. Um, I kind of go through just redefining success and what that looks like and what that means um, because just all of the things we were talking about where, you know, you're you're so focused on that one moment for, you know, part of your life and um, that's all your life was about to then having to redefine what success means and looks like for you post gymnastics or post, you know, whatever it may be for somebody, Mm -hmm. but just talking about the lessons, all the amazing stories and lessons that I learned along the way and kind of how we can apply those things in our own lives and in our jobs and in our homes. And, um, and yeah, I just kind of share my heart. I share, you know, my story and, um, and what kind of life looks like afterwards, you know, because like I said, now I've lived um, half of my life out of the gym, you know, whereas the, the first half of my life was in the gym. So I've got, you know, kind of two different perspectives and that's what I share, um, the gym life and then the post Olympic life and, um, all the great lessons that I learned after that. Um, and the, and the things that gymnastics taught me through that, that I use now. And, um, that really helps me now. That was one of the things that I was, I was, wondering is, you know, not all of us will um, be in gymnastics. Maybe some of our kids will be, but what are a few of those things? Like, so for example, I grew up, um, my extracurricular activity, I was not one for sports. I was on the speech team, you know, funny that I became that a professional <laughs> Lucky speaker. There. Look, I just happened to come, you know, not everybody who plays football in high school goes on to become a pro football player. So I feel like I kind of right. have that figured out. Yes, um, yes. But there are definitely things um, from that experience that that aren't about speaking uh, that I learned. It's, you know, I, I learned about poise. I learned about uh, taking criticism because you get judged. Like people write down how good or bad your speech mm-hmm. was, which are really <laughs> important. Like, and, and then hand it to you when you're like 15. And they're yeah. like, that was really so bad. Very like, scary. Why are you so mean to me? Um, <laughs> what are a few what are a few of those things that you're really grateful that really did become, and you've discussed, you've discussed so many of them throughout this conversation, but is there one that maybe we wouldn't expect that gymnastics, something that gymnastics taught you and you're really grateful for? Yeah. Um, so something that was awesome that gymnastics taught was that we are always going to have to deal with competition in our lives. Um, no matter, if it's in sports or if it's in relationships or jobs, opportunities, um, you know, family, whatever it may be, we're always going to have that competition. And that's not, that's not a bad thing, right? It's, it can be very helpful. It can be a very good thing, but at the same time, um, there is always going to be that person kind of coming up behind you that is younger, stronger, healthier, uh, working just as hard as you are to kind of like come up and take your spot and knock you off the podium. So I just learned that in everything that we do, um, in life, no matter what it is, that 
we, you can't get around good old fashioned hard work. You Mm -hmm. know, that's just something that is needed in every single thing that we do. And, um, that was kind of one of those things. So to just kind of always keep yourself on your toes, um, always work hard, always know that there's someone that wants it just as bad as you too. Um, Mm -hmm, that's, mm -hmm. that's ready and willing to do the work if you don't want to. Um, and then also just that once again, kind of going back, like not every moment in your day or everything that you do has to be an Olympic gold moment. Like it's, I've learned to just have to be grateful for the little wins in each day or each week or each month or whatever it may be. And, and because, you know, as a mom, which I do mainly full time, unless Mm -hmm. I'm on the road for speaking engagement or something, but I, you know, you don't get a report card. You don't get pats on the back. You don't get get applause applause and raises and good reviews and things like that. It's like, you have to look within yourself and know that you're doing the best you can and look for all the things that you can be grateful for because it can be, you know, pretty easily to get frustrated pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you're dealing with little ones all day, every day, and you just want things to work out and go right. And of course, too, from my background, that's like, I want things to be in a routine and structured and right. And <laughs> yes. I want you to listen and I want you to do it, you know. Um, but it's like, I have to learn that. Um, you know what, if I got all three kids snapped the same time today, like if that's the only thing, good thing that happens that day, then that is still a win and that's still amazing. Or, you know, if I get it's my kids to eat the, yeah, so it's like little, it's learning to celebrate little things like that, mm. that, that don't look like a, an Olympic moment or something like that. It's just, um, being grateful for all those little things that you have throughout your day or week or wherever. Um, yeah. So, and that's just like a, a conscious mental thing to do, you know, to keep you kind of in a, in a positive, grateful state of mind. Yeah. That's help, helpful for me. Oh, well, Carly, you are just, I have, I'm so <laughs> glad that, that you said yes to sitting down. I know you're really busy. I don't know if they're napping or what they're doing, but they are being very quiet. Um, I, I just, mother-in-law, mother-in-law yeah, that's help. right. That's right. That's right. Um, where can people find you now? Where, where, yeah. what are your socials? Yeah. Um, Instagram is probably what I mainly do. Just Carly Patterson, zero four. Or my website is carlyspeaks.com. So that's where, like, for speech bookings or, um, you know, anything like that, you can go to that. But, yeah, I'm so glad that you had me on. Thanks Mm -hmm. for asking me. This was super fun. And, I mean, who doesn't need an hour in your day of just a little bit of a mommy break? There so, you go. Exactly. It's just a win-win altogether. <laughs> it really is. Well, you know, there's you my have, win for today. Yeah, that's this is it. This is it. The win for today. Well, I hope someday we can hang out and get together in yes. person. But until then, thank you so much for all of the great, all of the greatness that that you brought here. And I can't wait to see what your of next course. story is. <laughs> I'm wondering. I'm like, what will Carly do next? That I should know. be. <gasps> You I'm wondering be, too. <laughs> you should be a reality TV star. And that's oh. what it could be where you try all these. Okay. Well, we, we can discuss your career. We can discuss your future career offline. Thank you, Carly. Thanks, Kendra. This has been Success Stories with Kendra Hall. If you like what you're hearing, hit subscribe, drop us a review, and tell your friends. If you'd like to hear more shows like this one, go to success.com slash podcasts.